Welcome to Near-Death Experience Podcast, the official source of audio accounts for the Near-Death Experience Research Foundation. I'm Chaz Hathaway, author of Life in the Spirit World, What Near-Death Experiences May Teach About Life on the Other Side, and links to the book as well as to enderf.org can be found on uh, neardeathexperiencepodcast.org, our homepage. Today we're going to share the experience of Cynthia Slon. Now, her experience is on YouTube, and I'm going to uh, put the audio to her video where she shares her near-death experience. Uh, You know, I'm going to play that for you, but I recommend going to the video and checking out her channel. And her channel is just Cynthia Slon. So, uh, and Slon is spelled S-L-O-N. I have not checked out her channel other than this video, but I want to refer you to that so that you know where this is coming from. Okay, so here's Cynthia. I've had four near-death experiences in my life, and I want to share what that experience was like for me. Uh, One day, again, this was like, I want to say 15 years ago, but is very still present in my mind as though I can reconnect with the experience um, immediately there, present and fully available. Um, Life-changing. Could have been life-changing in a different way, but life-changing nonetheless. So I remember I was in a lot of pain and so I went to uh, the doctor and the doctor, um, I don't remember the particulars other than he gave me uh, a shot. And so I walked into the doctor's office in tremendous pain and kind of um, curled into a ball. And when he gave me the shot, it took seconds and I was laughing hysterically. I went from being curled into a ball to just laughing and clearly outside of pain and in a place of, well, it just, I didn't even know what I was laughing at. I was just laughing. And then as quickly as that transitioned, I found myself in um, kind of a shaking place. I had left the doctor's office and I was in the car. I wasn't driving, thank goodness. Thank you, Spirit, for that. And by the time I got to my place, I felt myself very, very cold and shaking a lot on the inside. And so I laid down, and the way that the room that I laid down in was it had vaulted ceilings, and I happened to be laying down and where my scope of vision was up to the top corner of the vaulted ceiling. And uh, there's a reason and a purpose why I'm telling you that. So, um, I laid down and I remember shaking and feeling colder and colder and colder and uh, like ice. And then all of a sudden, um, my body felt like one of those, I'm sorry, I don't know what they're called other than what they visually look like, which is a sand um, timer where the sand runs through. And the reason I mention that is that's all of a sudden I'm laying on, I'm laying there and I'm feeling 
my body kind of empty out from top and it keeps going down and down. When I say empty out, it felt like my life force was dwindling and it felt like um, I was getting smaller and smaller and um, when it passed my eyes, I could no longer move my eyes. When it passed my mouth, I felt like I couldn't talk. When it, it started moving down all the way to my feet and I just felt, um, I'm gonna say, like I couldn't move at all. And so then my attention was immediately drawn upward and I'm looking up at the corner of this vaulted ceiling and what I see, what I see is a perfectly round um, ball of light and it starts to unfold and as it unfolds it comes towards me and as it unfolds and comes towards me I feel so much warmth, so much peace, so much light. I didn't feel afraid. I didn't feel panic. I didn't feel lost. I didn't feel pain. I didn't feel um, despair. I saw this what many people had described in and have described in books, in interviews, in all kinds of things. And here I was experiencing something similar. And I remember I wanted to go to that light because it was so familiar and so soothing and so kind and everything that would represent to your humanity as a place where if you're in pain or your body's shaking or you're cold etc that you would choose to go to so i'm i'm seeing this light and as it expands and encompasses me i start to experience almost like a thawing out if you will and so all of a sudden I felt like I could um, move my mouth and the realization came to me that I was given a choice and that I could stay in body or that I could very much leave. I felt that once that golden, warm, loving, all-encompassing light were to wrap around me and return to itself up in the corner of the vaulted ceiling, that then I, my soul and my spirit would go with it. And I felt very strongly and with my spirit counsel's guidance that I needed to make a decision, a very clear decision about staying in my body at that time. And so I remember calling out to my roommate at the time and when I called out to her and she heard and came running in that light that was about to encompass me and return to itself that had expanded it went and it went right back up into the vaulted ceiling and away um, and I started to get really cold again and so I asked her to wrap me in a down blanket um, which she did. I was so grateful for her. 
and I fell into a deep, deep sleep. And I remember in that sleep, visiting with my spirit guides, my council of beings, and loved ones from the other side. I remember sitting and having communication with them. And I remember it was such a peaceful, loving communication, not only, by the way, about me, but about humanity and what the future held and um, my possible part in it. And so, of course, I chose yes. And I'm so grateful every day and every moment that I did. And when I woke up, I remember in, being in the room and looking up at the corner and never, and I haven't, ever forgetting what transpired, how it transpired, what happened, the feeling of peace, the feeling of, of love, um, and why it transpired. And I've never forgotten each and every detail um, as a very significant uh, life choice in my experience. And so when you hear about other people's experience with uh, near-death experiences or death experiences when they've gone to the other side and come back, all I can say to you from my truth and my journey is that I too experience this unfolding, gorgeous, endless, warm, loving, all-enveloping um, light, and it had a consciousness to it. It wasn't just a warm lamp light, it was a consciousness of light, and a very brilliant one. And so I wanted to uh, share that with you. Okay, very interesting. And uh, to those who may have, at the very beginning, uh, when you first hear that someone had four near-death experiences, many people are very skeptical of that because they say, well, with how few people have near-death experiences, what's the chances of having four? And one thing that we keep reverting back to is the fact is when somebody has a near-death experience, they somehow open their spirit to be more prone to have one in the future. That just seems to be the case. And uh, whether it is something that you know, that there's just a number of people that are more susceptible to near-death experiences, or whether the first near-death experience somehow uh, breaks open the veil to some level to make it more likely for them to have them, I'm not sure. But statistically, it does very much bear out that somebody who has near-death experience is likely, is more likely than any other random person to have one. And so having four near-death experiences is not uncommon, actually. In fact, I've met several people who have had at least three and, uh, and spoken with them personally. So um, this is not, you know, it's really not evidence against what they're saying, I guess is what I'm trying to say. The other point that I wanted to make that uh, I found interesting that she talks about her, that a council or group of, of spirit guides that she is working with. This is something that seems to come up often enough that I think it's worth noting. Because while not everyone gets deep enough into an experience, that is to say, they not everyone leaves this realm and goes on to another, you know, to the 
to another place and encounters other people. You know, many people's experiences just, you know, at the site of the accident where they died or, or maybe they just see loved ones and that's it. Um, those who tend to go or those who go deep and, and it, it goes a little further on tend to find themselves um, at some point among spirit guides and some kind of counsel. Now, everybody keeps saying counsel. I don't know if that's what it's called. On I mean, they don't have words on the other side, so they probably don't call it that. But a group of people who are working with you with regard to your life and your and and the choices that you're making and and you know sometimes they will be saying okay you've accomplished what you set out to do would you like to go or go on or would you like to stay on earth and others will say you haven't completed everything that you set out to do and uh and you know some people have called these soul groups some people have called them soul families um and I could be interchanging terms for different things because um, people talk about having friends on the other side that they never knew on earth, but that they knew forever prior to coming to earth and and were very close to that were part of uh, some kind of spirit family or spirit group. And that may be different than the council that uh, that seems to be a group that uh, you stand before to give some sort of accounting or at least to uh, counsel with regarding your life. And, you know, I don't know for sure. I can't say that this is something that we will all experience. I, I just don't know. But it seems common enough that it's probably likely that we all have these spirit groups that we're working with to help each other to fulfill our, our purposes on earth. And whether we're coming at different times and, you know, are therefore able to be each other's guardian angels, or whether we are, you know, often coming at the same time in order to be of support to each other while on earth in the physical form, um, I suspect it goes both ways. I think um, there are probably many who come at the same time in order to be able to support each other's missions. I'm not sure, but I find it interesting. And many people talk about conversing with their spirit guides and uh, and the guides, the the spirits that act as guardian angels to them on on the earth in mortality. And uh, some people get skeptical about that because they're like, "Well, I'm okay with the idea of guardian angels," you know, somebody who comes and and saved me from getting hit by a car or something once in a while. But the idea of them kind of following me throughout my life and, and you know, it, it, nudging me toward decisions and, and helping me to, you know, have guidance in this way and so forth, uh, a lot of people are a little bit more skeptical about that. But that does seem to be what's often happening uh, from the research that, that we study here, the near-death experience research, it, all you have to do is read enough experiences and you have to start coming to terms with these kinds of things and thinking, okay, something is going on here. What is it? And I, for one, find great comfort in the idea of many spirits following me throughout my life and helping me along my path to ensure that I 
do what I came here to do and what God wants me to do. And in addition to that, we obviously have his direct guidance through the Holy Spirit. That seems to be very much a part of this guidance. In fact, probably a bigger part. And, uh, and we get that help or that guidance and direction through prayer. And sometimes when the guidance doesn't come in the form, in the form of, you know, you should do this, it may come in a way to nudge us to be in the right place, to hear the right message at the right time in order to encourage us in the direction that we'll go so that, you know, if we are seeking to follow God, he's going to guide us along that path, um, be that through his spirit, be it through you know, guardian angels, be it through, you know, some kind of soul, family, counsel, whatever, you know, he's going to find a way to get us there. This, this is a team effort. That's one of the things I'm finding from these near-death experiences is that this whole life experience, we're not in it alone. It's a team effort and we are working as a team to bring each other home safely. And yes, we have agency. Yes, we can choose to act against the guidance that we receive, we always have that choice, but uh, but we're not forced into those choices. We have to make the choices for ourselves. And if we are wanting to make those choices and we are doing the best we can, we are genuinely striving to follow what we feel is right, bumping and tripping along the way as we, it may be, we will be guided in the right direction. I, I firmly believe that. So, if you would like to contact the podcast, either to share your own experience or to ask a question or make a comment, you can do so by emailing neardeathexperiencepodcast at gmail.com or by calling 970-NDE-CAST. These are our preferred methods of contact. There is also a Facebook group called the Near Death Experience Podcast Community, um, that is very small right now. I think there's just a few people in it, but I try to watch it so that if people have questions that they, you know, want to have a full discussion about, um, that's there for that purpose. And, and, uh, we may or may not share, you know, things that are discussed on there, depending on the, the desires of the people commenting or asking questions and so forth. And one of the reasons I do it as a community, that I want to do it as a community, is because I don't have all the answers. You know, many people who have had these experiences or those who have been studying these things probably have answers that I haven't yet come across or wouldn't have thought of or whatever. And so the idea of having a community to discuss these things is kind of important to me. The other point I want to make about the, you know, the the email and the phone is that we have a little bit of technical difficulties with the comments section on neardeathexperiencepodcast.org. I do see when people make comments and, uh, and I do try to either share them on the podcast or discuss them, but there is some technical difficulty. A lot of people are having a hard time getting them to actually post. It, it gives some kind of error message or, you know, security issues. I, I don't even know what. I may just take the comment section completely down so it's not possible to comment just in order to make it a little bit easier for people to know where to go to ask their questions and so forth. But, um, yeah, the best way is just email podcast at gmail.com 
or to call 970-NDE-CAST. And if you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by either purchasing my book, Life in the Spirit World, or by going to patreon.com slash ndecast and becoming an ongoing monthly contributor. Once again, thank you all of you so much for listening.